Hello? I can't see me. I can't. We don't want this. I <laughs> well, uh, that's the problem I was having is it was uh, it wanted me to do video. And then normally when I start the meeting, it just automatically pops up a link to send to people. And it uh -huh. didn't and it didn't do that this time. And I'm like, how the fuck do I get the invitation to send it? God damn it. Literally, I was just thinking today, I'm like, why are we such old fucks about this? Like we oh. both are like, and like one time I couldn't find the link and somehow I got stuck in my spam. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, why are we such old fucks about this? Oh yeah. I, I don't know. It's embarrassing. Cause then like the other problem is, is like, why won't the email open? Why can't I get to the fucking email? Open. Yeah, well, open I was like, I can't find it. Did you send it? You're like, yes. I'm, oh shit. I can't find this. And I'm looking around like, let me try spam. <laughs> yeah. Like, let me look here. And I'm like, why are we? why is this fucking happening <laughs> then i had i had uh i had problems printing off my thing i needed i just i was trying to print off this thing so i can read it and not on my phone and then your sister had to walk me through that i can't stand in a certain part of the house because the phone needs internet even though i'm like three feet from the printer that doesn't actually matter <laughs> so <Right. laughs> and i'm like why won't you work and you're like cussing out the computer motherfucker. And she's like, well, what you need to do is you have to stand in the southeast corner of the spare bedroom. You're like, okay. <laughs> well, since we have an old farmhouse, yeah. there's like certain parts where the walls are really thick, made of actual honest to goodness, fucking cut down tree wood. Yeah, huge so, logs. I've seen it in your basement. So like, logs. <laughs> so that uh, the, the uh, signals and such just do not go through like they would in a modern modern ish home like they would of, go through like just normal plaster and two by fours yeah yeah so <laughs> there's certain parts of the house where the internet's just like i don't know i'm in a i'm in a vault made of old of 19th century wood and i cannot get through so finally finally it's always like i'm ready but there's 20 minutes of bullshit like I can't make something work or I don't know. Oh, yeah, something won't go through. It doesn't open. It doesn't get sent right. Yeah. And I'm just angry, angry, angry. You go full angry old man. You start yelling at the computer to get off your lawn. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's never me though. It's this fucking thing. Air of quotes. Course. Well, sometimes though, don't you feel like I do the same thing every time? Why is it fucking up today? Yeah, well, it, it I swear like uh some of these apps, I swear they open different each week. And I'm like, no, no, what? Like the mine started with the video today. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> it's horrifying. <laughs> it's hard for my, it's hard on my self-esteem to see myself shirtless and sweaty. Yeah. I'm in a Sesame street shirt because I'm an adult. Okay. My hair's all fucked up. I'm like drinking coffee by dirty glasses on in a dim room. And all of a sudden this pale face comes up out of the darkness. I'm like, ah, it's me. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, I don't know. I don't know why it's got the whitewash filter on the uh, camera. I'm like, no, ew. Uh -uh. I know. <laughs> all right. So here's what I'll put in the intro. But Yeah. This is the golden age of media. I'm Ben. And I'm Ellie. As two kids born in the mid 70s, we entered the 80s as little kids and we left as teenagers. And it's during this time that we grew to love TV and movies, as well as books and music. And we'll share some of our favorites with you every episode. That's mostly okay. I liked it. All right, on.
Okay. So you want to talk about this Masters of the Universe thing? Uh, yeah. Weirdly enough, did you tell me we we're going to do this already? Because for some reason, I Googled it yesterday. Yeah. we I sent it to you. Did you? Monday feels like the day I sent it to you. Okay. Um, so did you read much about it? Um, well, just about how it came to be. A little bit yeah. about some of the licensing. I have watched a documentary. There's a one on Netflix called The Toys That Made Us. Uh-huh. And they do go over He-Man. Right. So I did see some of the documentary that Wikipedia talks about. <laughs> I guess I guess I should what I, what we're talking about is uh, the Kevin Smith is uh, it's not really a reboot. It's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. Yeah. It's going to be an animated series on Netflix. It's, you know, 2021 here, but it relates because it's a the Masters of the Universe was a pretty big thing in the 80s. There was the toys, there was the cartoon yeah. and there was a movie which yeah. we there was a movie with starring uh Courtney Cox, which we watched on uh, a different podcast. True. But well, it was licensed in 1980. The cartoon came on in 83, which my husband owns the entire series on DVD. And then that movie you're talking about was 87. So yeah, He-Man yeah. was like the 80s, dude. So Mike should be pretty into this then because it's uh it's not gonna be a reboot, it's gonna be yeah. a, con- a continuation of the story. Yeah, and I don't know if you know, but Mike and I are huge Kevin Smith fans. Yeah. Like huge Kevin Smith fans. Yeah, I own all his um, DVDs about like his evenings out where he does the stand-up and shit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I've been a big fan of his since I saw Clerks in the 90s. Yeah. That's yeah, I was when, working at a grocery most, store. That's and when I most people heavy. became a fan. Yeah. You think so? He has not no new one since then. <laughs> no, I mean, you know, no one was a fan. Not that many people were fans of him before then, except maybe like his mom or. <laughs> oh yeah, no, not before them. Uh, no, that's when. Uh, well, actually, I had to watch it on VHS tape because that's how old that was. Oh, I think I watched Clerks, Mallrats, Chasing Amy. I probably watched at least those three on uh, VHS. Yeah, seriously, yeah, and I was, and I, that was during a time in my life in which I didn't watch a lot of movies, so it was special. Do you um, do you remember the Quo Vadis Theater in Westland? I do remember the Quovatis. So I, I went to, uh, it was a pre, it was Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back, but it came out as like a pre-release before the normal release. Okay. And it was like a special thing and they had it at the, the Quovatis. And the for people who don't know, who aren't from Metro Detroit or the Western suburbs, that Quovatis was like this kind of awesome art deco movie theater. Yeah. It was like a two-story movie theater. Yeah. And it was in Westline, Michigan. And it was, uh, it held on for a long time, but they finally tore it down in the 2000s. But it was, oh, I it had, saw it it had style. Oh, sorry. Well, I was just going to say, Quovatis had style compared to the strip mall style theaters. That, it was like plush seats and there were some like smaller theaters. And yeah. I remember seeing King Ralph there with my cousin Jay. Yeah. In this little, one of the smaller upstairs ones. Right. And we were literally the only people there. I love that place. Even yeah. though like it kind of sucked. Like when they started making uh when they when a lot of the theaters went to stadium style seating and oh yeah kind of up their game, you know. It's like Quovatis kind of still sucked, but it, it still had something, you know. Yeah, and I always felt they were just like a touch cheaper, so you know. Yeah, I don't really remember. I used to try and go to see things at Quovatis if it was playing there. Maybe I, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing this right, but Quovatis, Quovatis. We've always we always called it Quovatis. So if yeah. it's not right, then we we've all been doing it wrong <laughs> it's okay it was spelled q u o 
than V-A-D-I-S. Yeah. So it was awesome. Did you see He-Man Masters? Oh, I'm sorry. It's just, this is just called Masters of the Universe. Did you, the, um, no, this is called He-Man. What's the new one called? Is it called He-Man Master of the Universe? Because the TV show and the movie were two different names. I feel like it's called Masters of the Universe Revelation. Okay. Okay. I did watch, Michael and I, we did watch the trailer and yeah. we both liked it. And since we are big fans of Kevin Smith, we've been listening to talk about it for months. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Not like giving details, but about how he's so excited and this and that. Yeah. He's Kevin Smith. He's cried about it a few times. <laughs> well, so Mark, you know, another bit of another bit from our childhood is that Mark Hamill, AKA Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Is going to be, is the voice of Skeletor. And he is amazing as the Joker if you ever watched the Batman cartoons. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. He is such an amazing voice actor. And he did Chucky's voice. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. One of the, the maybe I forgot. Yeah, dude. He, he is amazing. I just love Mark Hamill. I would think amazing. if I, if, if uh, someone wanted to pay me to be a voice actor, that would be my scene. Because, you know, you could just hang. You don't have to get dressed up. You don't have to shave. <laughs> right. You know. You well, there are I've watched documentaries on people who do voice acting. They're like, it's really hard, you know, on your voice, you have to say things, but I'm like, every job is hard and you get paid a lot to have a sore throat. Yeah. <laughs> but why is, why, I don't know. I mean, speaking as someone who doesn't know shit about it, why would a uh, voice acting be harder than regular acting? Cause you have to talk in regular acting too. Right. Yeah. Well, they, they would say like, you have to do the same scene 15 times with different inflections and blah, blah, blah. And yeah. you know, and that you, you can be in the studio for 12 hours. And I was just still like, I don't know, dude, there's people in coal mines. And so when right. people like complain about well-being jobs like that, I was like, you know, there's dudes that have to fucking go into your sewer and clean it out, you know, into your septic tank and clean it out. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. I get it. It's hard. Every job has its, you know, I don't know, drawbacks. But I, I, I've hurt myself one time for minimum wage. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. You, you can roll in there wearing your sweatpants and your your marlboro t-shirt that you got free with two packs of smokes and just hang out and just hang out just saying hey 15 different ways uh, <laughs> you know the director's cue will be kool-aid man bust through the wall here's your inspiration you say oh yeah then you'll be like it. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> I'm like all right all right see you next week right and then there's another dude in the coal mine making you know fifty thousand less a year <laughs> breaking right. rocks with the x <laughs> yeah i don't know if they do it that way anymore but well, they probably you probably you probably you actually don't break rocks with an axe because an axe is a blade but you <laughs> sorry a pick a pickaxe but uh scooby-doo and the minor 49 have taught me other things ben so don't don't try to get in there yeah that 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 wasn't a documentary actually just to let you know lies so what <laughs> back get you back on track here what uh do you i don't see anything i have no negative feelings about this re, you know this new series I, I i keep wanting to call it a reboot but it's actually not a reboot because it's a continuation of the series so okay i'm not sure if i had i would assume it can stand alone because i i, I can't think they'd expect everybody to go track down this 40 year old cartoon but i honestly am fine with it because i feel like they've been doing nothing but recycling ideas for years so why not keep going with um 
Although uh, some shit I won't complain about, but why not keep going with He-Man? They have Cobra Kai and I'm in love with that. And I think that's a good right. You know, and Cobra- another continuation that I feel like it's fine. We're fine. I'm fine with that. You're moving this, you're showing what happened in the future. Right. Cobra Kai is it's it's a similar situation where it's not a reboot. It's it's not retelling the same story. Yeah. It's adding on to the uh universe. And yeah. you know, the same with the new Star Wars movies. It's like I I guess if you wanted to bitch for the sake of complaint, you know, bitch for the sake of bitching, yeah. but the new the new Star Wars Star Wars movies aren't reshooting Star Wars. They're you know, just adding, adding to on. The stories. They're telling yeah. you what happened in between this movie and that movie, or they're saying showing what happened between or before this and or after that. And I'm fine with that. I'm yeah. fine with it. Keeps telling a story. It's like you. T- it's like when somebody tells you a really good story, and you're like, "Go on." They're like, "That's it." Yeah. You're like, "No, but we can keep going, right?" I mean, we're making shit up. Let's just keep going then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're all still living our lives, and we were alive before he man. So. See, I, yeah, I'm absolutely fine with it. I'm interested in watching it. I like Kevin Smith. I like he man. I like Kevin Smith's work. Yeah, I guess it's supposed to go deeper into some of the backstories and some of the characters, and um. And it's got some it's got some bigger name actors, Mark Hamill, Sarah Michelle Geller, uh Lena Headley. Okay. So it's Lena I mean, Headley, wasn't she in the movie? No. She is oh, in the no, no. she is in the uh let me double check this. I just said Lena Headley. It's okay. Um so Lena Headley was in the in the TV show Game of Thrones. That's what she's kind of most known for. Oh, well, yeah. Sorry, I got the wrong person. I thought most, she was the, the lady with the um, light eyes. And the, oh, no. Yeah, nope. Totally wrong. She's mo- She's in a lot of other things besides Game of Thrones, but that's probably what a lot of people instantly think of her as. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, she's in it. I'm down with all that. Right. Yeah, so, I mean, it, it's it was a TV show that originated as a glorified infomercial to sell the toys. So, I mean, it doesn't have that much artistic integrity, right? Yeah, they literally made... Okay, so what happened was they said, hey, we would like you to make the toys. It's Mattel, the CEO of Mattel, turns down the toys for Star Wars because, according to Wikipedia last night, the licensing fee was $750,000. And they're like, that's too expensive. Well, then Star Wars just blows the fuck up. So, in 1980, they're like... We have an idea. Yeah. <laughs> and they make He-Man and the guy, I think his name is like Roger Steele, if I remember something or something, some, some. That sounds or, like a porn star name. Yeah. Roger something. He's like, uh, here, he did it based off of like Conan the Barbarian and something else. But yeah. later on, he's like, no, I didn't do it off Barbarians, but doesn't it look like it? Right. I didn't do it off Conan because if I said I did, yeah, I'd have to pay you some money. <laughs> No, he said Conan came out after we did our thing. So I was like, okay, but that's Conan the movie. Do you remember Conan Conan was a comic book? Because I was always trying to sneak my cousin's comic book. Right. I was like, yeah, nice try, Roger. There was a lot of that stuff, though. Like there was a there was that board game like by Vikings and Barbarians where you had little catapults and shit. I think that's what it's called. Okay. You know, and uh, Dungeons and Dragons is sort of in. You know, a lot of that that fantasy stuff was big at the time. So I think it was kind of like a, they created their own fantasy brand so they didn't have to pay royalties to anybody and then went from there. You know what I mean? 
Yeah, this was literally a ploy to make money when they saw what happened with Star Wars. So I, yeah, Mattel made it. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> uh, yeah, it kind of combines the two things of that, uh, that fantasy and sci-fi. Because there's like some, there's some elements of uh, He-Man that are sort of, I don't know, like uh, I don't know, swords and sorcery. Yeah. Yeah. But so, anywho, would you say? Uh, for all intents and purposes, we're on board with this new uh, Masters of the Universe cartoon. Absolutely. Until proven otherwise. Yeah. Well, yeah. It doesn't come out till July, and we're recording this in j- late June of uh, 2021. So, so we have no, that. It could be a pile of shit. <laughs> we don't know. <laughs> we don't know. We yeah. haven't seen it yet, but uh, you know, there's no reason to think it would be any worse than the original. So, yeah, true. Not implying the original is bad. It's just, you know interesting it was made for a reason to sell stuff and it's a little obvious and they had guidelines where you know you can't kill people uh, they want to show a gentle aversion they have you know gentle prince adams and adam. yeah it's adam yeah yeah adam is he-man's uh softer alter ego yeah and then he-man is the roid rage adam yeah with the, he turns into he-man with the power of gray skull that's how he's able to do it yeah yeah so all right do you want to move on to our next topic sure so me and your sister were driving around the other day mm-hmm. and uh we were listening to sirius xm an 80 the 80s channel on sirius xm the 80s on eight with <laughs> uh original v- mtv vj nina blackwood nice and uh i blew your sister's mind because i i knew all three songs that we're i'm gonna tell you about right here okay and she like oh, she was quick since we brought up MTV VJs, may I say, remember I told you I had watched the swamp thing from the 90s, the TV show? Uh-huh. Remember Adam Curry, the blonde dude with like the lion's mane of hair? Yeah. He was blonde. He played an episode of that, and um, it was basically like he was a rock and roll Satanist, and he tried to spread Satanism with his terrible music, and he had to be straightened up morally by um Swamp Thing. Oh. Yeah. But this, he was tell me about, he, yeah. Adam Curry was uh, one of the original hosts of Headbangers Ball before Ricky Rackman, but yeah. Adam, Adam Curry wasn't a real metal guy like Ricky Rackman. So exactly. So yeah, if you want to watch him on Swap Thing, it's on Tubi. Yeah, I'll probably pass, but you might want to actually. <laughs> but tell me about this new one. Okay, so I'm going to tell you about a band called Tommy James and the Shondells. I did he do Runaway? No. Okay, sorry. Oh, that's Del Shannon. Uh-huh. So sorry. It is. So Tommy James and the Shondells were from Niles, Michigan. A prototype version of the band started in 1959, but they didn't actually change their name to Tommy James and the Shondells until 1964. Wait a second. Before you go any farther, they had at least one big hit because we had a record in our basement. Yeah, they did. Why don't you let me get to it? Okay, because I have ADD. My brain will not let it go where I, that I've seen this record before. And it just, I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Do you think that, do you think that if they were just some random band from Michigan in the early 60s with no hits that nobody would know I would, I would take the time to talk about them? Who's Martha and the Muffins? Do you remember that, Ben? Yeah. And I talked hit, about them. They had <laughs> don't get smart with me. Well, they had a hit. Martha and the Muffins had hit, hit in the 80s. But we don't, nobody remembered them. <laughs> like, eh, some people do. For sure. Okay, so according to Wikipedia, Tommy James and Shondells are still technically active with a slew of past members in their wake. If you're wondering how this is relevant to the 1980s, well, let me tell you. Uh-huh. You see, this technically the group themselves didn't chart in the in the 1980s. 
but uh, three songs they previously recorded did. You ready to tell me? Ready for me to tell you which ones they are? Yeah. Okay. So the first, the first Tommy James hit that made the charts for a second time in the 1980s was Joan Jett and the Blackhearts did a cover of the 1968 Tommy James song "Crimson and Clover." That's what it is. And that. And Wait 19... a fucking second. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. So Joan Jett's version of Crimson and Clover hit the, it was a hit for Tommy James in 1968 and Joan Jett's version hit number seven in 1982. Yeah. So what do you, what do you got to say? You're going to jump in here? No, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. So the next two Tommy James songs to hit the charts for a second time in the 1980s. And this is where I just totally fucked your sister all up because the first one. So The next two were both in the same month of 1987. One was Billy Idol's cover of Moni Moni, which uh, was a number one hit in England for uh-huh. Tommy James. Uh-huh. And uh, it was a number one hit. In the, the Billy Idol version was a number one hit in the United States in uh, November of 1987. And also in the same month of November of 1987, we had uh, a redheaded teenager named Tiffany singing in a mall. The Tommy James song, I think we're alone now. Aha. There we go. So yeah, we were we were driving in the car and they were counting them down. You know, they were talking Nina Blackwood was talking about it and she's like, and the next song, and I was like, I think we're alone now. And Poppy's like, You've already heard this. I'm like, No, I just know. <laughs> Okay, I remember all those songs, and I don't remember which of the records was downstairs. All I remember it was like uh, a light and light and um, dark orange colored, and it is fucking killing me that my brain cannot see that can only see the title of the group and not the title of the record. I feel like of those three songs, uh, yeah. Crim- "Crimson and Clover" was the biggest for the Tommy James versions. "Crimson and Clover" was the biggest one. You know okay, I, mean? I think so. I think so. Crimson and Clover over and over. Yeah. yeah. So that that was the one that I knew the best. The original. I knew the original the best of those three. Um, Moni Moni, maybe. Uh, I think we're alone now. I don't think was I think it was a hit for Tommy James and the Shondells, but I don't think okay. it was like a huge hit. Okay, so my neighbor for a long time was Phil Castrodell and his dad was actually in a band called The Reflections from the um, basically the 60s. They used to hang out with like Stevie Wonder and shit. Yeah. They did the song just like Romeo and Juliet. Oh, right on. Yeah, that's their song. That was Phil and Kellyanne that lived next to me. He married Kellyanne. Whatever. I don't know who that is. (laughs) I really don't know my neighbor. She was the... Okay, so she moved moved in around 2012. I've lived here since 2009. Phil was here before that. Oh, 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 oh. I thought you meant next, like your dad, next to your dad's house. No, next to my house. But they actually, funny you said that, moved out towards my dad's. Okay. Lived on the live on the same lake. Yeah, I know. You're talking about your your very next door neighbor. My very next door neighbor, like immediately to my right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and that about. was his dad. Her dad. And I was like, oh my God. And, you know, he used to be in a few, you know, cover bands on his own, you know, back in the day. My, uh. I used to hang out with this guy in high school and his stepdad, I, I guess, was in one lineup of question mark and the Mysterians, who you might know for the song of 96 Tears. 
Oh my God, 96 Tears is a good one. I'm going to listen to some music when we're done with this. Yeah, right on. Music's good for the soul. It really is. I like it. I use it honestly to boost my mood. But if I have to like clean, I listen to like Metallica or Pantera because I go at it. Yeah. Or if I'm doing like light cleaning, I'll listen to maybe like some pop or some rap. Wow. Yeah. If I need to calm down, classical, if I need to think. Yeah. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. If you like this podcast, you can subscribe on Apple or whatever platform you like. And uh, if you rate and review us, it really helps us be to be seen. So you should do that. Probably even if you think we suck. And uh, Except you still rate us nice. Don't be an asshole. Shit. Yeah, well, you know. Okay. <laughs> you have to be realistic about these things. <laughs> True. Well, there's this one podcast I listen to that says compliments only. Yeah. <laughs> I want I want legitimate uh, reviews. Anyway, so where can they email us, Allie? They can email us at goldenageofmedia80s, so goldenageofmedia80s at gmail.com. Okay, and then we're on Instagram, instagram.com slash goldenage8090. Facebook, facebook.com slash goldenage8090. And then we have a blog that's struggling to get out of the incubator at goldenage8090.blogspot.com and I swear one day it'll actually have some stuff on it and be worth visiting but it'll it'll get there all right it's not this day but it's a future day yeah yeah all right well question can you hear my dog breathing uh, I heard a little something but I didn't know it's your dog till you just told me okay good I don't want you to think I'm heavy breathing into the mic it's my dog okay sure (laughs) it is yeah I know right what are you saying, Ben? No. <laughs> All right. Well, since we're talking about uh, sexually inappropriate things, you want to talk about the movie Sorceress? Absolutely. Um, I, if I would describe it to you with three different terms, I'd say it is the epitome of 1982. Yeah. Um, I would say it is a, a limited budget film. But it's not. I've seen lower. It's 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 limited, but it's it not does have rock some. Bottom. It does have some, but the terrible acting. Yeah. Now, oh. there is one person that acts well in the whole movie, but the rest, nah. Who do you think's the good actor? The lady, I want to tell you about it. She plays Delicia, the sorceress. The head yeah. in the sky? No, the sorceress that brings Trigon back to life. And, and, oh, yeah. I don't like want that. to tell you. Okay, wait, let me tell you. Let me tell you. Okay, okay, okay. So, so the story is this main bad ba- guy, Trigon. He makes twin babies with this pretty lady and he wants to sacrifice his firstborn. So pretty lady takes off with the twin girls. She's chased by men on horseback with torches. Trigon kills the midwife and he asks pretty lady, like, which of them's born first? <laughs> because if he gets it wrong, you know, he fucks up the whole thing, right? Right. So pretty lady calls for Krona. Now Krona shows up accompanied by a fireball and this bad guy, Trigon, has a soldier throw a spear at Krona and Krona catches it and throws it back and kills him, right? Yeah. And they go through a series of that where you throw a projector at Krona, he throws it back and it kills you, right? He's rubber, your glue. Exactly. So I was like, by the fifth guy, do you think, why is the fifth guy? He's like, let me, wait, maybe if I throw my spear. And you know, <laughs> what I, what, if this guy's willing to sacrifice his children, can you just kill both of them? Right? Well, just do it at the same time. You said, just say to the goddess, the one that you said you were going to give your firstborn to be like, I'll give you my first and second. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. 
you can spin it and be like because I, I I worship you that fucking much. Yeah, here's the, here's two two for one deal. Two yeah. two the two that are one as they keep getting called, right? Right, and they don't yeah. know they're girls. Yeah, that's right. So did you notice that the uh, so did you watch the movie? I sure did. Okay, so that the I see I thought my and my husband agreed with me. I don't know if he just did it out of like self preservation, <laughs> but like the fight scene with Crota and the bad guys looks slightly sped up as he kills all the bad guys. Like like they slightly sped up the film to make him look fast or whatever. Oh yeah, they might have. Yeah. So Trigon makes some joke about Krona getting older and he tries to use this evil magic against him and it's actually kind of working. And uh-huh. that's when Pretty Lady pops up and stabs Trigon with a spear and Trigon's dead body turns green and it disappears. And then Krona right. makes a sexist remark about the gods playing a joke on mankind by making their faded warriors female. Right. They're yeah. going to be warriors. They're going to be uh, warriors despite being women. <laughs> yeah, like <laughs> the gods made a joke on us when they provided us women. <laughs> like- because the uh, the the uh, the bad guy who's the father of the our uh, protag- yeah, the, he's the father of the protagonist. He's trying to sacrifice him. He, he has three lives. Yeah. And uh, so. Uh, he loses his first life at the beginning of the movie mm-hmm. but, so that's how he can come back again he can come back when i don't know something about the moon right well at this point krona brings the babies to this farm and he's like here raise them people are going to come looking for twin girls so hide them as boys the guy's like cool so yeah. and that's when the very next scene all of a sudden these soldiers pull up on the temple and that's when princess delicia says we've been waiting 20 years for this and they bring tragon back to life with her magic Right. So then you realize that now we're 20 years ahead of the opening scene. That's how you know time has passed. Yeah. And that's when you're introduced to a man in an ape suit pretending to be an animal. That's now in play. <laughs> well, yeah, that was <laughs> a whole maybe thing. her best friend, maybe Princess Delicia's best friend. Maybe it's her pet. Maybe her best friend. Maybe it's uh, there's some implied bestiality, maybe. Yeah. And Trigon passes on the sex that she offers. She's like, yeah. I will do the shit out of you. And he's like, I don't have time for this. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, we're then treated to this magnificent, magnificent view of two naked twin women swimming in the river and they're being yeah. spied on by the satyr. And I didn't get what was happening. When I was trying to explain it to me, but they're like, what is that? And I'm like, what are they talking about? And they walk up to the satyr and they're like pointing to him. And all of a sudden they punch him in the dick. My husband's like, they were talking about his dick. They're like, what is that? He's like, right. I think his dick is hard. And then all of a sudden they just come up and punch him and kick him in the face and the dick. And then the satyr runs off. And yeah, that's, see, that thing's creepy. It really is. And then and he doesn't speak. He just makes weird noises. Ugh. Yeah, he's like see, a goat man thing. Yeah, oh, it is creepy. Even and though he's a, he's on quote our side, but he's still. I know. Thank God he's a good guy. Because imagine, you know what I mean. You know, I think if this movie was made in uh in a different time and he was a more of a more of a prominent character, they would you know periodically refer to him as an abomination. Right, they would call him something like lame one and then yeah. make him die <laughs> so then you see Trigon soldiers attacking the twins homestead while they're out of the um, water and they're getting dressed in typical boy clothing yeah. and the soldiers kill the twins parents and their sister and they rape the sister and they keep saying we're looking for the two that are one and they're and wearing the twins Mira wearing, and Mara because life isn't hard enough they're wearing plague masks which is kind of weird 
those long horn mask things the yeah. rapist guys are wearing those are plague those are based on plague masks so it doesn't yeah. even make sense they thought if you kept the vapors away from your face yeah yeah <laughs> yes so the twins mirror and Mara, they run to the farmstead they're glowing magic they're catching spears and arrows and they're beating the stuffing out of the bad guys as their homestead burns down around them and then the dude Krekanon, which is Trigon's right hand man the the twins think he's dead but he actually lives to run off and act like a bitch and tell on him right so the satyr comes back with the viking and the viking tells the twins they are the two that are one that everybody is looking for and that's when kraken is like aha i heard you motherfuckers and he does go off and tell them and the twins have a family fire for a funeral i don't know that was a suspect fire i found uh-huh. and all of a sudden krona shows up as a super old man and he tells the twins to use the name vitaly they'll know when the time is right because it'll be the time that all hope is lost and then krona walks into the fire and dies it's uh it's two funny fun, two funerals for the price of one <laughs> it's you know they're supposed to be uh undercover as boys but their costumes are a little bit sexy i mean they're kind of short and... well well the other thing i thought is nobody bound their breasts or anything and yeah that's yeah. one of the things they just put their shirts on and like just boobies everywhere and they don't realize that that's not something that the other guys have right <laughs> yeah. and it's not like they have you know small boobs exactly <laughs> they're there they're noticeable they're there like you guys should probably abound them <laughs> so mira yeah. and mara they decide to join forces with the viking and the satyr and they go to their first open market experience and they enter what looks like a strip club slash casino in medieval times yep yeah one dude is accused of using magic to win at gambling but he's actually using trick dice right and this gambling brawl breaks out and the cheater can fight his name is Ehrlich, and he breaks up an orgy and you find out that he knows the viking and then more 80s brawls with you know 1980 action movie antics like the you know two people come at the girls and they step apart and the guys run between them and then they come at him again and they step together and punch him at the same time like that kind of shit right yeah there there is out somewhere out there a fight coordinator who got paid and shouldn't <laughs> well you know it's a pretty low budget movie but it does have some budget at least they have uh actual costumes and some locations and whatnot to and toward the end you did see some special effects i'll give them that yeah so they all take off the satyr the viking the twins the cheater Ehrlich, and <clears throat> excuse me unbeknownst to them they're followed by one of the strippers and you discover that Ehrlich is actually a runaway prince and Viking and Ehrlich tell the twins that they are girls and not boys. They're like, you guys, you guys are girls. You are not boys. Yeah, they're like, what? They, they don't know the difference between boy and girl bodies. Yeah, they're like, no, we are boys. And they're like, no. <laughs> and the Viking tells them to wash up and he makes sure nobody sexually harasses them. And the twins say that they're looking for Tragon as they have sworn revenge. And the men leave and the stripper come to talk to the twins and the stripper says, hey, the Viking was taken by Tragon, but she's actually just a lying hoe. Yeah. And the stripper leads the twins into a trap where they see that Krekanon is still alive. Krek- she's Krekanon. kind of a she's kind of a jealous. The stripper's a jealous bitch because I think she basically stripper, is. She had eyes for that uh, barbarian guy. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, now he gets two. And so now my vagina doesn't have that much value. Yeah. Yeah. So Seder finds Viking and Ehrlich and he mimes that the twins are in trouble and they go into rescue. So back to the twins. Some dude throws a green fire sparkles into a pot. That's some of the, I thought, um, some of their sci-fi um, special effects there. Asks which of the captured twin is first born and then grabs Mara and 
takes her to the pot of coals and smashes her face in. Yeah. But nothing happens except for she gets some ash on her face. Right. Kraken on's like, okay, Mara survived the fire. She's the firstborn. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> but they don't test the other one. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah. They're just like, yeah, it's her. She's fine. That's it. So then the twins actually at this point mostly free themselves and then jump on the horses with the Viking Ehrlich that because they show up and they all ride off. And the eight man, he's he's amused at these antics, the escape antics. And the princess, Delicia, she tells the ape guy, if you follow them and bring them back, you can have Mira as a reward for going to get Mara. Yeah. So she once again tries to beg Tragon and he's like, I can't, dude. I can't, it will break my vow. And she's like, well, you're going to bang one of your twin daughters during the ceremony, and that's fucked up. And I, didn't, I like, didn't get that. Oh, yeah. And Trigon's like, well, it's the, for the good of mankind. Oh, okay. And later on, when they get Ehrlich, she says, now you don't have to do it anymore. He can do it. Yeah. And remember, they do bang before the ceremony. That's part of it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then you see the good guys are camped at the riverbank, and the eight-man attacks with fruit bombs that cause the good guys to lose control due to laughing and that's See, when you realize they're an ape gank right that's what i was gonna say there's all there's all of a sudden there's like a shitload of them like the uh like in the wizard of oz with those fucking flying monkeys yeah okay. it goes from one dude that's hanging out with the princess all day to they're in the forest and there's like a dozen of them yeah he must be the main one because the must rest be of them like the highest bro yeah because <laughs> the rest of them fuck off after that that's true and they run off and with everybody, but the Viking does manage to save Mira. Yeah. So now the, the ape guy still doesn't get his booty tank. So right. Mara's brought up to Trigon, is brought to Trigon. Princess Delicia shows up in my favorite fucking outfit of the movie. God bless this woman. I wish I could go back to my 20s. She's wearing a red bikini top with a chain belt that's gold chain and just a scrap of fur that's folded over that covers her vulva. Yeah. I was like, I need, I got oh, best outfit of the whole movie. A piece yeah, of I mean, fur, maybe I don't know. She's Six nothing. Long covers her vulva. She's nothing to sneeze at. I don't know why this villain guy. You must just have too much other, too many other things on his mind. He can't. Well, if he's homosexual, dude, that's fine too. I, I know you had, I know you had babies with the one lady, so you can at least try. But if you're the fine, that's fine. You know. She's too hot to turn down. I don't know what happened. <laughs> but maybe maybe he figures she's too hot. She's gonna be high maintenance. He's already been down this road once before with the with the girl's mom. True. He's not ready to get into this again. He's like the hot ones are problematic. What you need to get to is like a clean four. Yeah. <laughs> he needs he needs someone who wants, you know, who doesn't have her own ambitions per se. I mean, I, that maybe sounds that's bad, but thing. you maybe know, he the, likes some submissive or something. We don't know. This maybe uh he's only into blondes. Oh, yeah, there's that. This evil princess lady, she's got a lot on her mind and she's, you know. She's got things going, you know what I mean? Or he might not like um, eight seconds. We don't know. Oh, right. Maybe he suspects that her and the ape man have uh, got each other through some lonely nights. He's kind of turned off by her. Yeah. I mean, if it was like, you know, anybody but an ape man, if it was like an elephant dude or a cow guy, fine, but not the apes. Yeah. <laughs> So Trigon's going to execute Ehrlich for cheating at dice, which is a crime. Krakadon slaps and chokes the restrained Ehrlich because he has his own set of anger issues. Maybe he's a little into bondage. Yeah. Yeah, and Ehrlich's brought to this greasy pole in which he's stripped naked and tied to. 
And he says, quote, you don't have to stick it to me. <laughs> <laughs> and then a board is released. And that's what I realized that there's a pole in the ground with a sharpened point under his anus. And he's just slyly, slowly, <laughs> slowly sliding down to his own impalement. Right. Oh, my God. It took me a minute to figure that out. Then Delicia saves him because the ape guy found a medallion of his that shows that Eric is, quote, of the ancient blood, which means royal. Yeah, that's yeah, that's so why he Ehrlich can, can have sex with Mara instead of Tragon. And then Tragon can also sacrifice Ehrlich because Delicia is like, now you get to sacrifice him, too. And he's, a you know, a royal. So you're the God's really going to like that. Yeah, to, to Trigon's credit, once he found a an alternative to having sex with his daughter, he did take it. So that's it wasn't, true. It wasn't, it wasn't his go-to. Again, I feel like he wasn't into sex right now. You yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> Period. And at this point, Mira's picking up vibes because the twins feel each other's feelings and Mara is being drugged with whatever they put in her drink or whatever. Yeah. Now, while Ehrlich's getting a massage, Delicia shows up in a bikini made of gold chain, which is also pretty fucking hot. My immediate number two outfit of the movie. Yeah. It's nothing but gold chains. I was like, hot. And she pretends to like double cross Tragon to Ehrlich. Ehrlich finds the drugged Mara. And I don't know if you realize this because he's drugged too, I think, at that point. But they do have sex. And the pulsing loins of Mara wake up Mira who then has an orgasm as her sister does. And I got to give the Viking total credit. Once he realized what was happening, he went back to sleep. <laughs> yeah, well, the Viking kept the weird goat, horny goat. Off of her. Sheep thing off her. Yeah. So Mira zeroes in on Mara's location. They arrive and the Viking immediately gets shot, but he's no bitch because the arrow in his arm ain't nothing but a thing. Okay. Yeah. He just walks around in his arm. <laughs> <laughs> Only for a little while. Then, then he takes it like, well, I don't know. If he just kind of like this. rips it off and throws it on the ground like an um, annoying arrow. You talking <laughs> about when they when they sink down into that other oh, world? Oh, I thing? get there. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. So Trigon then uses green merit magic. He's green magic because that's his magic. Is the green shit. Yeah. I'm here in the Viking that causes them to sink into the ground and get covered by cement blocks, which pisses off the ape man because the vagina that he was promised just died so right. the eight man picks up the viking sword and he runs off but they're actually alive because they fell into subterranean caves right well basically you know uh the eight man you know that was like his reward that was his payment was her was that booty yeah, yeah and they're they're you know they act like oh we just you know it's like if we're gonna split a pizza and you're like oh your half fell on the floor sorry and like, then you well, just throw well, it in the fuck, garbage. Yeah, well, fuck you, you know? Yeah. No, he was immediately like, fuck you, I'm out. And he did fucking take the fuck off, right? Yeah. Now, at this point, I honestly think they have the best special effects in the movie with the zombie um, skeletons that they run into. Yeah, in that's what I wrote down, too, is that was, that was the, the highlight of the special effects in this movie. Yeah, they did a really good job, I thought. I mean, really good job. Whoever did that, bravo. Yeah, but I mean, you can tell they're people in suits, but. Uh, yeah, oh yeah but honestly not that bad it's not yeah. that bad they did a very good job i thought with the the cobwebs and the dust and the appropriate amounts of body parts falling off so i don't know are you going to talk much about the production of this movie um a little bit at the end okay because okay. that was one of the yeah okay go ahead okay so these skeleton dudes can't be killed because they're already dead and oh yeah i wrote they're the best crafted characters in this movie yeah yeah so night falls and the ceremony begins with the virgin sacrifices and a green strobe light. And the ape man brings Viking sword to Seder who realizes he needs to help his bro. Seder gathers up the villagers and an instant riot and they head toward the castle. 
Mara lays down to sacrifice for the sacrifice. Ehrlich's ready to stab her in the gut. Mira's captured by a skeleton. And that's when they collectively remember that Krona said they should say the word Vitaly at the moment that all hope is lost. And they do. And it makes the skeleton zombies stop. And Mario Vitaly appears. Yeah, well, yeah, right. Well, Vitaly should have been a chimera. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the difference between the, the chimera in the movie and the chimera on the front of the box. Okay. Okay. So first, let's talk about the one in the movie. It, um, it should have been a chimera. A chimera is a lion that has wings and the claws of a bird. Okay. That's a chimera. Yeah. Uh-huh. However, this 80s version, <laughs> B version, it's a lion's head, a man's body that has literally like a 15 pack. Okay. Yeah. Bat wings for arms, uh-huh. impossible hooves for feet. I was hard for me to tell. And Mara, at this point, she's woken up from her drug stupor. Ehrlich wakes up and they begin fighting the bad guys. Now, shit is really going sideways. Trigon sacrifices Princess Delicia to the evil goddess by pushing her into the fire. Trigon's right. goddess arrives. She's floating among the stars like Vitaly, but unlike what? Vitaly, she's like actively fighting. Vitaly's just hanging out. You know, flapping his wings and shit. Well, I think it was too much special effects to make that uh make it you know like an real active battle. Yeah. But uh he does her he does that uh he does the princess dirty because he's like shit's shit's going south. He's not gonna be able to sacrifice his daughter, and he's like, I have a princess, and he just fucking stabs her all of a sudden. And yeah, she's like, what the <laughs> fuck? And yeah, and then the throws fire. her to the fucking fire. She's like, ah, and she was, I think, the best actress in the movie, Princess Delicia. Yeah, yeah. Now the the um the one that Trigon, the goddess is Trigon, she's shooting lightning bolts out of her mouth at, on people down at Earth. Like, she's really getting into this fight. The right. underground caves have rocks dropping, and Mira and the Viking are working their way out, and Trigon calls on his followers, and the zombie skeletons, they wake back up. Everybody's brawling. The twins hook back up with each other, and this is the one point I was like, I fucking hate the 80s sometimes. <laughs> A group of skeleton zombies grab the virgins, because remember, they are going to sacrifice virgins that night? Oh, yeah. The girls are screaming. They carry them off, and the Viking says, "Quote: They've been buried for a thousand years, you know." And everybody shrugs. You know, these girls are going to get raped, and you guys just literally shrug it off and be like, "Oh well, you know, of course they want to." Yeah, these girls are going to get raped by uh, skeleton zombies. Right. So even if they aren't murdered, they might as well have been, because they'll never be okay for the rest of their lives. Who will ever be okay after being raped by a skeleton zombie? Not me. Right. So at this point, Vitaly finally joins the fight. He kills the goddess with one lightning shot. Okay. The tide immediately turns and Vitaly opens the door that lets the villagers in and Sadar. Okay. And who have arrived, they're ready to fight. And then he flies off to do God stuff. Oh, okay. So Krakenon and Ehrlich, they fight. Krakenon loses his arm and then his life. Trigon and Ehrlich go at it, but Ehrlich's no match, right? But it doesn't matter because the twins shoot him in the back with arrows. And kill Trigon, their dad, because he's a shitty parent. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Ehrlich then walks out of the temple with his arms around both girls. And Viking says, quote, isn't one enough? To which Ehrlich replies, quote, well, Balder, these two are one. And everyone laughs and the movie is over. Yeah. yeah couldn't one of them uh, go off with the Viking guy? Yeah. Right, the Viking guy doesn't even, the Viking guy doesn't seem interested in, uh, so, but I think he sees him more as a father figure. I think he's supposed to be like the father figure of the group. I guess. Yeah. So the two main actresses that played the twins are Lee and Lynette Harris, and they don't do a lot of acting after this movie. They acted in one more movie together, 
And then Lee um, acted in another movie without her sister. And no one in the movie did a, a lot of acting. And actually, none of the people did a lot of acting except for Anna DeSade, who was Princess Delicia. She worked in other movies. She did a lot of Italian movies, actually. Yeah. Um, so I, this is one of those movies where I used to see the cover. Okay, so, so I want to talk about the cover. So it always reminded me of Frank um, Franzetta. Are you familiar with his? Like barbarians and sorcerers and stuff. Yeah, those do, like, uh, really, illustrations. Yep, he would do really intricate drawings of like hot chicks in need of rescue and barbarians and shit. And yeah, some shit that would look awesome on the side of a van. Honest to God, it really would. And I would suggest that you Google his name and hit images because he really is talented. Yeah. Okay, but this isn't as fancy, but it gave me like the vibes as a kid, as Frank Franzetta. It has a single girl with like long blonde hair, just one girl, not twins with um and these girls had short blonde hair it has a snake which i don't know where that came into play and it has a chimera that has nothing that looks like nothing like vitaly right and it has an ape man and i was always like woo! and then i watched it i'm like oh good thing we never paid for that on vhs and i watched it for free on tubi and after watching it i noticed that a name go by and it's roger corman yeah i didn't realize this was a roger corman movie so did you so Frank Hill was the director, but he took his name off the movie? Oh, was that bad, eh? But he thought it was or not Frank Hill, Jack Hill. He thought okay. it was that bad. Jack Hill made a lot of exploitation and uh black exploitation movies. Okay. Um, and then you know, Roger Corman made a lot of a lot of, lot of stuff. Movies. And basically, this this they made this movie to try and uh bite off of uh Conan and all those Conan, Red Sonia, all that shit. In the early '80s, this is their this is their kind of ghetto version with lots of titties. Titties. They're like, well, I know how we're gonna throw in some titties. We'll have twins. Right. They're like, they're like, our our production might not be up to snuff, but look at that rack. Yes. And how about Princess Delicia and her vulva barely being covered? I'm like, yeah, fair game, babe. And uh, the stripper in the marketplace, she's pretty hot. I mean, she I was hot. Except for a little tufts of armpit hair. Oh, did she have that? Yeah, but I uh, you're not into hair then. <laughs> oh, I don't. I don't really care. It's just weird. Okay. See, I, I guess it wouldn't actually. I don't know. I probably don't, wouldn't really care. But... I know, like in the end, you'd be like, I was gonna fuck you, but then I noticed you had some hair. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why. Why would it matter, right? True. But uh, anyway, they uh, Roger Corman made this movie is to try and uh jump off of uh conan and all that shit it was like his rip off of it and jack hill was like Ugh, this movie and uh it was shot in mexico and i don't understand why the voices are dubbed because it was the it's not it wasn't shot by a bunch of foreigners but the voice <laughs> did you read well i'm saying you know sometimes if it's like a movie like an old kung fu movie where they originally made yeah. it in china you understand why it's got dubbed english oh but yeah this was made by Americans in Mexico or mostly America. I assume they're Americans in Mexico. And uh, if I read on that they did it for budget reasons, but then something got all fucked up. And that's why at one point when they're walking down the road, you see them basically like walking down the same road over and over again. Yeah. (laughs) But the, the dubbing, one of the things Jack Hill was all pissed off about is I think is one of the things he was mad about is that the dubbing was, it's not even, it's not even always the actors voices some of the people were just like office workers and stuff who worked at the 
for Roger Corman, I guess, or something to that effect, or amateur actors. So you can see where it's like they're speaking English, but it's off. (sighs) Oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Actually, now that I think about it. (laughs) I mean, it's a low, it's a low, it's a fine movie. It's, I didn't, you know, it wasn't a struggle to watch. It's low budget, but it was, it was pretty fun. Yeah. But I guess Uh, it was uh, one of those, will I watch it again? Maybe. I don't know. There's a lot of B movies out there that I would watch before this one. But right, I wasn't but... like offended. I didn't feel like I need to sue this company and get my life back. I didn't feel like, you know what I mean? <laughs> As someone who's watched a lot of real pieces of shit, I, this one wasn't the worst. Well, I enjoy pieces of shit. So I always feel like I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Roger Corman had a special effects studio that was supposed to be doing some good stuff like they did some stuff on uh escape from new york and some other big pictures so they thought like escape from new york that is a good one jack hill thought this movie was gonna be a lot better than it was and i guess the the budget didn't come through they uh they were supposed to shoot it in a bunch of different places and then like at the last minute roger corman just said oh yeah we're shooting it in mexico and he's like uh i don't know what the fuck you crazy people are goodbye now <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> So it was, uh, it had some issues. It did have some issues. <sighs> but so it's a Roger sad. Corman movie. It's not a bad, it's a bad movie, but it's not a bad well, I like bad some of Roger Corman's movie, like Death Race. That's an arguably yeah. really bad movie that I enjoy. Right. Yeah. Roger Corman's made plenty of fine films. Yeah. I mean, just because it's bad doesn't mean it's not entertaining. There's a difference. I should say Roger Corman's made plenty of entertaining films. Because like you said, just because it's bad just means it's entertaining. But yes, fine films might be a stretch. I was going to let you have it, but I agree with your um, correction. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like Roger Corman made dinner on a budget and it was a and it was a tasty filling meal. Oh, that's funny. You know, he, maybe he, he 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 took diced ham and or he took hot dogs and fried them and cut them up and put them in macaroni and cheese. And had or he did something amazing with some fucking spam. And you're like, yes. You're like, you know, this yeah. this is good. This is actually good. Yeah, I'm, you know what? Yeah. You're making me want to watch, actually, since we talked about the He-Man movie. Not go over the actual movie movie, but some of the special effects. Because if I remember, that was one of those movies that had a lot of weird things happen on set and shit, didn't it? Uh, I think so. Oh, that's, I remember what it is. It's a canon movie, and that explains everything. Some other canon movies yeah. that I do enjoy that are also terrible are over the top. I'll have to see if that's 80s or 90s. Well, He Man, He Man, He Man's like this movie in a way where the money wasn't the Masters of the Universe He Man with uh, Dolph Lundgren. It ran out of money. That yeah, it ran out of money. If I remember correctly, yeah, there was a lot of things that happened that I thought was interesting with Masters of the Universe. Maybe I'll just look into like some of Canon's more popular movies. Yeah. Because they had some interesting stuff. I watched a documentary on Canon, or believe it or not. Well, I watch a lot of fucking documentaries. But I watched a documentary on Canon where they're talking. They have like old VHS tapes that they, you know, digitize where the owners are talking about. Like basically, this. there were two brothers. I think they might have been from Italy or something. But they're like, we can make movies fast. Like, why do you, what do you mean this is not good? This is plenty good. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> but they're like yeah like we promised we could do it quickly not well oh my goodness this is good enough right yeah people won't notice the chevette in the background what's supposed to be 1955 right especially, or, especially if you know just have the actress take her top off then no one will care about that car 
or the plane that goes by during medieval times. Yeah. You know? <laughs> no one can see the microphone in the background. Exactly. So yeah, I really like I really like Canon does a lot of awful movies and I'm really into them. Yeah. Yeah. Those were that well, you know, especially being uh kids of the 80s and you go to the video store and uh well, I don't know about your video stores, but new releases used to cost more. Oh yeah. So you can get more bang for your buck going to the uh the other shelves and there'd be a lot of these like, I don't know what this movie is, but it sounds okay and it's it's only a dollar to rent. Wow, yeah. So so for uh, years, um, when I was a single parent, my daughter and I would go to the library and rent movies because oh, it was yeah. for free. Yeah, well, and you can keep the movie for a whole week. So we would just go every Monday and just return the movie on Monday and get a new one. And that's how I watched a lot of shit. A lot of shit that I'd been wanting to watch for a very long time was how I did that. I didn't have cable, so I was like, I need something. Yeah. <sighs> yes. Life is hard without cable. I don't have cable, but I have the internet now. Yeah, I haven't. I only had cable for like, yeah, a few years of my adult life. So you get used to it. And not to mention nowadays, it's really easy with all the streaming shit. Right. You can you can fill plenty of time in your life with uh, programming. There's oh. you, you might not be able to get everything, but you can you can get enough. Yeah, well, like right now, for some reason, I have to talk to Michael. I cannot get Peacock to open on the PlayStation yeah so i go to tubi and they have colombo because i'm trying to watch colombo on, on peacock and i go to tubi and it looks like um you know the ones on peacock that are like this is episode one this is episode two it was like slightly different than tubi i'm like okay you know although i allow tubi since tubi three you can do a yeah. lot of things tubi you can do a lot of things that i won't complain about right <laughs> yeah i'll give you license i get oh I and get... quick thing because i know you like scary movies like i do the other day I was looking up Amityville horror movies. Mike and I, uh-huh. we like to watch, you know, scary movies. Yes. There's like 12 of them. Okay. And the ones yeah, on but... Tubi, um, there's ones that are so bad. Yeah. They, they even cross my line. And you know, my line is far back and very wide. You're like and Amityville, Amityville 11. Island, but don't try to get, don't get mad at me if you feel like you ruined some part of your life by wasting it by watching that movie, but try that one. Amityville Island, when did that come out? 19, 2011 or something? Like in the 2000s, uh, it was one of the later ones, if I remember correctly. We only got through maybe the first quarter of the movie. Yeah. It involved um, somebody selling the Amityville items at a yard sale. And that um... then it makes people get yeah de- um, possessed. Somehow, uh, the island is where they send out bad women, bad girls. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And then I think at one point there might be a shark. I didn't get to the part where the shark gets possessed. Oh my. Yeah. And and then every now and then like a guy in a devil suit with the, the plague mask, but in red. Yeah. Will pop up every now and then. Those old plague masks are creepy, which is why I think they had the people in Sorceress wearing them. Yeah, it is creepy as shit. And that is a good way to scare people. But I was just like, oh, I got to tell Ben. He also watches scary movies. Yeah. But it, it might be beyond... Because every now and then I will find something like, I like bad movies, but sir, you have crossed the line. <laughs> it's like uh, Children of the Corn 14, and it's got some of the people from the the not cute teenagers anymore who might have been in one of the American Pie movies or something. Right. Yeah, no, I really do like, they do take scary movies from the 80s and make more scary movies about them all the way to now. Think about Halloween. Although Friday the 13th has really backed off. 
but they yeah. have the Halloween reboots, remakes, and additions, and continuations. Right. They've done Amityville, which started out in the 80s. They did um, Children in the Corn. Oh, what was another one I just thought of? Well, fuck it. ADD. Forgot already. Yeah, right on. But there are a lot of like scary um, franchises that start in the 80s and then just never die. Puppet Master. That was what it was. Nightmare on Elm Street. Chucky. Children's Play. I'm sorry. The actual name is Children's Play. It's actually Child's Play. Child's Play. Thank you uh yeah yeah why don't they make a like a gremlins part five with lots of nudity we need to make a list of movies that started in the 80s that people will not allow them to die today yeah yeah <laughs> yes gremlins part six you just ignore that it's like someone pulling an old gremlins toy along with fishing line because there's lots of titties because there's titties <laughs> everywhere uh oh have you ever seen like the evil bong or the ginger dead man movies? Uh, I've never watched them. I've seen them out in the world. No, there's plenty of titties in all of those. The yeah. acting's terrible, and my husband has enjoyed every one of them. Outstanding. Yeah. If you want to see titties and bad acting, I suggest that series. I think it all goes. I think Evil Bomb goes all the way to like seven seven seven, if I remember. Oh this my. one was six six six, and you thought it was the end one, but the next one was seven seven seven. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got one more thing to talk about and then we'll be oh, okay. wrapping up the show. Is you ready? Ready. Okay. So we had uh in this last week or so, we've had two notable 80s deaths. Well, they're not strictly 80s deaths, but uh the first one I'm gonna talk about is Frank Bonner. Frank Bonner was active in TV and films as a writer and a director for decades. He made appearances in several TV heavy hitters from the 1980s, such shows as Night Court. Murder, uh-huh. She Wrote, uh-huh. Punky Brewster, yeah. Scarecrow and Mrs. King, Give Me a Classic. Break, Ooh. Simon and Simon, New Love Heart, New Heart, mm-hmm. The Love Boat, Fantasy awesome. Island, <laughs> and uh, The Facts of Life Go to Paris TV movie. But most, oh, most people probably know Frank. Firstly, and most notable is the character Herbert Rubb- Ruggles Tarlick Jr., AKA Herb Tarlick. Yes, salesman. Yeah, Herb Tarlick in the series WKRP in Cincinnati. Top salesman on WKRP in Cincinnati. Yeah. Yes. And he's, wasn't he always trying to creep on Lonnie Anderson? Always. Yeah, he was the creepy dude. But anyway, Frank Frank Bonner died on June 16th at the age of 79 in the year 2021. Bummer. Also, this. Also in June of 2021, we lost uh, the more notable Ned Beatty. So sad. So Ned Beatty was a Kentucky native. He made his film debut in 1972 in the movie Deliverance. He's the guy they yeah. made. He's the guy they made squeal like a pig. Squeal uh, like a pig, boy. Yeah. The, the infamous homosexual rape scene. Yeah. So Ned had a tremendous number of credits through the 1970s. And some of his 80s highlights aside from being Otis in the first two Superman movies, include TV and movie appearances in The Toy, Murder, She Wrote, Alfred Hitchcock Presents, Back to School, Highway to Heaven, The Big Easy, The Unholy. The Big Easy is my favorite. Yeah. My favorite thing he did in the 80s was the uh, monster truck slash trucker movie turned revenge tale hybrid called Rolling Vengeance. <gasps> that is my shit right there. 
I bet it is. See, but mine still is the big easy. Yeah. I liked it because it's a murder mystery, and you know I'm fucking into that. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Rolling Sorry. vengeance. Rolling vengeance. They make like a semi truck monster truck that has weapons and shit, and they go kill a bunch of people who did them wrong. And I bet that feels good. Sometimes yeah. when I bet when you're out on the road driving around, you wish you had your gun turrets out. Yeah. I think they have like a giant drill bit on the front of it or something. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyway. Ned died on June 13th, the age of 83, but with his sizable body of work, he won't soon be forgotten. Oh. oh you like that? Like a little end there? Oh, ending there, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I think that about wraps us up this week, don't you? I think so. All right. We will check in with you again next week then. And I'll talk to you later. Okay, bye. Peace. Bye. <laughs> Aha, there we go.